Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com. And with me today, as always, is the producer and moderator of the podcast, Ramin Forgani. Ramin, my goodness, the final four is here. GHSA Boys Basketball. No shortage of madness in the Elite Eight uh, just a lot to cover, but this is our final four preview. Uh, I will be at Georgia College for Class 2A. Surprise, surprise, but a lot of great storylines over there. Ramin, how are you doing, sir? We got to bring it tonight. We do. It's weird to think we're getting to the culmination of the 18-19 season, and a lot of wild things happened in the elite eight, the elite eight, excuse me, to get us to this final four, and I'm sure we're going to touch on it all. So as you know, uh, we talked a lot about home team advantage, uh, playing at home in the Elite Eight. That is no more, Kyle. We are at neutral sites for the semifinals now, so we will make sure to mention them. And speaking of which, let's start with the first one. Class 7A will be playing at Buford City Arena, where Buford High School, their high school teams usually play in that very, very nice multi-use facility there. So Class 7A in Buford at 4 p.m. on the gentleman's side, Norcross versus McEachern. And that's kind of crazy to think that this is a 4 p.m. game and you have to play basketball after this. But, Ramin, here we are. Probably the biggest game in the nation. I don't know what else is going on in these other states, but uh, no doubt there will be a ton of national attention on this one. I'm assuming pretty much every single media outlet in, uh, in Georgia will try to be at this game, which means, obviously, I must go elsewhere because if we have 50 media outlets and 49 of them are at one single game. How is that helping the rest of the state? How is that helping cover all the other kids that aren't in the premier high school spots? So I'll let everybody else have their fun. I'm going to be missing out, but this is going to be an interesting one. And Let's uh, go back to last year's Elite Eight. When each turn got blown out of the gym 75-55 to 55 by Norcross. Brandon Boston had 25 points and six rebounds. East Muhammad, 14 points, 13 rebounds, and four blocks. And Muhammad can be hot and cold sometimes, but when he plays big like that, Norcross is very tough to beat. And you're looking at what McEachern did. Sharif Cooper had 17 points. This was before he was a scoring maven, but he was held to 17 points. And Isaac Okor had 10 points and 14 rebounds. With that being said... How do I handicap this game? What is the tail of the tape looking like? If we're going right down the lineup, we're going coaching, through lineup, through bench, how do we break this down, Ramin? Well, I've long said Norcross has the most talented roster in the state of Georgia. From top to bottom, Norcross has the most talent. I don't know if that can be debated. I don't. I, I just really don't. And McEachin, we've already talked about, they play five, six, seven guys, and... You know, once they get to the bench, it is a massive drop-off compared to what Norcross can go and go to. Um, this is going to be a game which breaks down into chemistry of McEachern. A lot of these guys playing with each other for years now, and that is that is huge. We've seen that on the ups and lease side of last year, how chemistry is so key in big games, especially when you play other talented teams. And you're playing Norcross, a bunch of transfers. Let's make no bones about it. Brandon Boston, Holy Spirit Prep, Yusuf Muhammad, uh, Lakeside, uh, Caleb Murphy, Flowery Branch, Jaden Harris, Stratford, Kavon Eskridge, Columbia, 
Um, Daniel Ramsey, Windsor Forest, not Windsor Forest, but, uh, you know, down there in Albany, Deerfield, Windsor, somewhere like that. I mean, this this whole roster, it's it's pretty ridiculous outside of Kyle Sturdivant. This entire roster of Norcross is all transfers. None of these guys have come up the pipeline outside uh, that play a big role outside of Kyle Sturdivant. So this is just this is this is all transfers, all transfers that came in. So we're talking transfers versus chemistry. And, you know, McEachern, they did have Jared Jones move in uh, a couple years ago. And McEachern was on the verge of bringing in two very key transfers to help uh, bolster the lineup, but that fell through. And uh, you're looking at the core of McEachern. A lot of those guys have played together versus Norcross. Everyone's just come on and join the all-star team, and let's try and win a championship. So I don't know how this one's going to break down, Ramin, because, like I said, I'm not surprised if Norcross wins. They blew them out last year. Norcross is more talented. Talented, but Sharif Cooper and Okora, I think they've been on a mission this year. And if now, if I had to go to the sidelines, I know we don't want to say one coach might be a little bit better than the other, but let's just put it this way: uh, Jesse McMillan does have a better track record uh, than Mike Thompson has over his career. And okay, well, McMillan's had a bunch of transfers, and he's always had a lot of talent, so we, we can't forget about that. They're kind of doing it in different ways there. Uh, but Norcross did blow out McEachern by 20 last year. But this year, not to get too long-winded on how this game's breaking down, I do actually think I like McEachern in this one. Just at the simple fact that McEachern handled their business against Peachtree Ridge, won 70-50. to 50. Uh, Norcross, they went back to Norcross just yucking around 71-59 to 59 against the Roswell. And that really scares me that Norcross is still, we're in the Elite Eight, now the Final Four, that Norcross is still playing down to talent level. Uh, against Roswell, and it, they had to finally pull it out. That really scares me. And McEachern has left no doubt in every single game they have played. And, you know, that is a big deal. And, I mean, we're talking about in the second round, McEachern beat Cherokee 83-51, to and Cherokee got the two-seed out of that region that Roswell fell to the three-seed in. So I know that doesn't really – that probably doesn't mean anything uh, uh, now that we're about to tip the – tip the ball off, but uh, I like McEachern in this one, and I've long been saying, I don't know if McEachern's going to win the state championship. I don't know, and I still don't know, because this really could be a coin flip game, but the chemistry and how they've been playing throughout the playoffs, I like McEachern in this one, and you know, I think Jared Jones defending the rim, I think Jared Jones versus Issa Muhammad, that's going to be a big battle inside. Who can control the paint the most? Uh, Sharif Cooper, I know Norcross just has a plethora of options that they can throw on them defensively. Um, I think Brandon Boston will have to be a star in this one like he was last year for Norcross for them to win. But, I mean, I already listed off all the transfers. They just have so many more options to turn to than McEachern. But McEachern, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just going to ride with them, even though last year's result was really bad. I think they're on a mission this year. I think Norcross is a more talented team. I think they have the slight advantage on the uh, on the sidelines as well. But I'm just putting faith in Sharif Cooper and Isaac Okoro, and I think McEachern finds a way to out-tough Norcross in this one and pull it out in uh, what could be a classic matchup. Also in 7-8, trying to decide who will face the winner of that game in uh, Macon. At 8 p.m. in Buford, it's going to be defending state champions Meadow Creek versus Tift County. Uh, Tift County really uh, punched Discovery in the mouth. Uh, we said whoever puts on the jersey, it's going to be no buckets, and that is just the standard. The standard is the standard, and the standard is not allowing baskets. And Tift County did that against Discovery. 
But now they're running up against a, a team that is similar to Tiff County but has that star power. Meadow Creek, gritty, tough, just hits you in the mouth, you know, just as well as Tiff County does defensively. But they do have the Damian Duns. They do have Jameer Chaplin. They do have Jalen Benjamin. They have a lot of pieces that can score the ball. Tiff County, um, Arcavius Johnson has done a great job. Jatorian Warren has really come to his own. Those two guys are going to have to score the ball a lot. This is going to be, uh, it's going to have to be an ugly game. Uh, for Tiff County. I mean, Meadow Creek likes to make their games pretty unattractive at times with their defense, kind of make it ugly, but they have some high flyers. I mean, Tiff County wants this game to be throw up in your mouth, low scoring. They want this game 18 to 16 at the half. I mean, they want this game grinded to a halt. And they were able to do that against Discovery. Uh, and Meadow Creek, they'll oblige. They'll, they'll play that defensive game as well. So this is going to be uh, it, it has to be a low-scoring game. This game is going to have to be in the 50s. Uh, I, I hard pressed to see this one get into the 60s. Uh, and I know the teams were a lot different last year, but Meadow Creek did play Tiff to open the season last year. Meadow Creek won 70 to 46, um, but that was last year. And just breaking down what these teams do on offense and defense. Uh, you know, let's start off with the defense. Meadow Creek is allowing uh, 51 points per game. Tiff County allowing 47 points per game. And offensively, Tiff is scoring 55 points per game and Meadow Creek 62 points per game. So the quick math there, uh, Meadow Creek winning by an average of 11 points per game. Uh, you're looking at Tiff County by about 8 points per game. So right there, both teams, they want this game in the 50s. Both teams don't really score a whole lot, even though Meadow Creek has more firepower. So I'm looking at this game to be 40s, 50s, very ugly. I think McEachern, or not McEachern, but Meadow Creek, uh, just more firepower in a low-scoring game. I'm, I'm talking this one could be 50 to, to 40, something like that, even you know, even lower. Uh, but it, it's just tough to pick Tiff County. But, I mean, this is a style uh, that they're going to be very comfortable with, playing a defensive, grinded-out, ugly game. And I think it's going to be very low-scoring. But I think Meadow Creek's just going to make just enough plays down the stretch to finally put out a Tiff County team that nobody wants to play this time of year. Down to Class 6A, Kyle. These games will be played at the University of West Georgia out in Carrollton. Uh, first, the 4 o'clock game, Brunswick versus Tri-Cities. Brunswick has been living right, Ramin. They had a great first-round win against Lakeside Evans, 1 by 11. Then Coffee gets Mackenzie McFadden, six foot seven. Going to George Southern, he gets hurt. Brunswick wins on a game, uh, a game winner, a buzzer beater, 76-74. And then uh, Douglas County misses a layup attempt um, with about three seconds left, and Brunswick survives 60-59. to Now they're running up against Tri-Cities, who escaped Monday's Mill 77-72. Tri-Cities is a very good team, uh, real balanced. They can shoot the ball. With Peyton Daniels and Demarcus Johnson, if those two guys get hot, uh, it's going to be very tough to slow them down. Um, Keelan Walker coming back, getting healthy after an injury, has really helped provide Brunswick with some firepower and toughness down the stretch. He's going to have to have a big game. But I'm looking for a matchup inside. Alex Bean, about six foot six, six foot seven, and Eli King, about six foot five. What can they do with Joyful Hawkins? Can they slow down the star freshman who's 6'7"? Can they make life tough on him? We shall see. Uh, again, Tri-Cities was my pick as we started the region or the state championship. 
Um, so I'm, I'm going to have to go with Tri-Cities coming out of that Region 5. I picked them to win it all. And I think uh, they're just a little bit deeper than Brunswick. And I think Brunswick can uh, can really play physical and grind on Tri-Cities. But, again, uh, I picked them to win it all to start with. They came out of the toughest region. So I have to go with Tri-Cities. It's going to be the nightcap in 6A, also at West Georgia. Tucker versus Heritage Conyers. Kyle, Heritage Conyers, a three seed that has made it back to the Final Four. Yes, Heritage Conyers and people are, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if they're using me as the master motivator. Like I said, a lot of teams love to use something for motivation. I will be your huckleberry if that is what it takes that's what it takes. Heritage Conyers was able to beat Alexander. A, a severely disappointing end to the season for Alexander. I think they had only 35 points through three, three quarters. Heritage, tougher, I guess. Traylon Scott, 23 points. Josh Guilford, 17 points. Adrian Boykin, 16 points. So you got a big three at the guard spot who has been uh, really carrying the load. And to beat Alexander, a team that you know had all the pieces, had the size, had this, had that. To beat them, Heritage Conyers is flying very high right now. And Vernon Denmark's done one of the best jobs in the state of Georgia to get this team back to the Final Four. Um, you know, it's outstanding considering what they had two years ago as far as town and Division One players and Division Two standouts and how they couldn't get there. But what he's done with this roster, everyone's really bought in. And some guys has, have really stepped up, so very impressive to see what the Patriots have done. Now, they're playing a Tucker team when... I mean, I don't know. Tucker, 65-58 over Gainesville. Raylon Berrien, I don't know where this came from, but he had 15 points. I don't know if he's been a leading scorer or a top two, top three leading scorer all season long. Uh, I don't know, but he stepped up and had 15 points. I guess that's a good thing. And then Jermonte Hill had 29 points and carried them in the second half to get past Gainesville. And Tucker is a team that I thought has a, has a lot of talent, has a lot of transfers that came in. So, you know, just... Teams get very good very quickly when they hit the transfer market. And, uh, you know, Tucker has uh, some talent there with Hill. And you, you, you put him around uh, Nick Watson, a three-point shooter, and Daniel Ogbu, the big guy going to Dartmouth who can uh, attack you inside and out. Tucker has a lot of talent. I think Tucker probably has a little bit more talent than Heritage Conyers. But as I've said all season long, Ramin, Class 6A is wide open. It probably doesn't even matter making predictions because – if you're in the Elite Eight at this point, if you're in the Final Four at this point, you have as good a shot as anyone to win a state championship. Um, Heritage is riding high. Heritage has won some tough games, uh, especially that Alexander matchup. I don't know how this one will break down. Uh, it's really tough to call. I think it's going to be a very close game. Um, I, I really don't know. I think Tucker has more talent, but Heritage has been here before, and they've won some games. Um, so I don't know, Ramin. I don't. I don't really know. I, I I would I would tend to give the slight advantage to Tucker just because of the uh, you know the next level talent. Uh, but I'm not surprised at all if Heritage Conyers wins this one. Down to Class 5A, these games will be played at Columbus State. The four o'clock game. Um, I would expect it to be packed out as both the boys and the girls are the exact same matchup to start out with. But Buford Southwest to Cab. Southwest to Cab was outscored 18-2 to in the second quarter, Ramin, by Woodland Henry, and Woodland is a darn good team. But they came back from down 18 points in the second half, and Southwest DeKalb won. And considering how this season has been going, 
Ramin, I'm telling you, it just kind of feels like Southwest DeKalb could be a team of destiny. Uh, not to harp on, you know, why we say that, but a quick overview. They had a bunch of transfers come in from Miller Grove, Maurice Harvey, who was a reigning region player of the year, and um, Terrence, uh, I guess it's Terrence Edwards, who was going to be a big key cog for them as well. Uh, both those guys moved in, both those guys ineligible. Haven't played all season long. Um, so with those two guys not there, uh, that kind of changed the uh, perception of what 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 Southwest DeKalb could do. We knew Southwest DeKalb would be good, but without those guys, maybe they're not going to be elite elite. Dejon Dantzel transferred him. He was ineligible for a bulk of the season, but now he's eligible and he's helping out playing defense. Uh, don't forget about Eugene Brown, who was averaging about 18 points per game. He snapped his leg and broke his leg early on in the season, so there was another man down. But people have stepped up for Southwest DeKalb. Jarrett Walton has stepped up. Um, Katie Johnson has been phenomenal, and James Glisson, that big three, has really carried the load. Now they're going up against a tough team, of course, in Buford. And, I mean, again, we know who Buford has. Marcus Watson is going to be a nightmare. I'm not sure who they're going to have defend him. Uh, maybe Dejon Dansel might get the call to defend Marcus Watson, but then you still have Eric Coleman, Danelle Nixon, uh, just all these guys, such firepower over there at Buford. But Southwest Cab really does feel like a team of destiny right now. Um, I think this is going to be a really good matchup. Uh, I, I don't, again, I don't like picking winners in this one. Uh, I think, let me check my bracket real quick. I think I picked Buford to win it all heading into the tournament. And if that's the case, I guess I'm just going to have to go on that and pick who I picked to win it all. I picked Buford, yeah. So I guess like, I, I got to go with Buford. They, they beat down Dutchtown 69-35. to 35. Um, So for that reason, I, I guess I'm going Buford. But again, this is a coin flip game. Who will check Katie Johnson? That will be very important. I think Buford has a, you know, Buford's at full strength. They have more weapons than Southwest DeKalb. I think Buford will find a way to eke it out. The second game in Class 5A at Columbus State will be at 8 o'clock, Fayette County versus Lithonia. Fayette County beat Kell 77-73 in a wild game. Josh Dupree just flying all over the place, making assists. Ricky Knight hitting jump shots. Jacoby Coleman, uh, all these guys, Terrell Bradley. I've long been saying Fayette County, when when they're right, they are extremely tough. And now they're playing another very good athletic team in Lithonia who beat the defending state champs, Warner Robins, 53-50. to This is going to be a good one. And just basing it off of what I saw against Kell from Fayette County, this game is going to have a lot of highlights. There will be a ton of blocked shots. There will be some dunks. There will be some threes. Uh, this could be a helter-skelter pace. Uh, I expect this one to be one of the more entertaining games across the state. But if I'm looking for a key matchup here, I'm looking at William Richard versus Justin Miles. Richard's about, I don't know, maybe like 6'4 or so. But he is a closer for this Fayette County team. In the two games I saw uh, Fayette County play, he has had huge second halves and big-time fourth quarters to really seal the deal. So Will Richard going up against Justin Miles, a six foot seven. Lanky, athletic shot blocker. Uh, I think protecting the rim will be important in this one. Miles should be able to block a couple shots, but I really like Richard, his touch and his inside-out game. and A little undersized, but he brings a lot of good things to Fayette County, and he helps balance this attack. Uh, Fayette's going to play extremely fast, and if they're knocking down their threes, Fayette County should win this one. 
And, uh, you know, they're going to have to deal with Eric Gaines, but I think they do have enough quickness to kind of, you know, get in the way of Eric Gaines and make life difficult for him and Nakizi Hawkins. But I think it's going to be a really good one. But, again, I, I liked Fayette County from the very beginning. And after that win over Eagles Landing and now beating Kell, I think they have a ton of momentum. And for that reason, I think Fayette County finds a way to make it to Macon. In Class 4A, that will be played at Fort Valley State University, the 4 o'clock game, America's Sumter versus Sandy Creek. Kyle? Hermine, America's Sumter, you win at the Castle, you win at the X-Dome, you blow out St. Pius 63-48, to you outscore Upsonley 21-6 to in the fourth quarter. This changes everything. I knew America Center was a good team, but if you win at the two most difficult places to win in the GHSA, I don't know, Ramin. I, I, I mean, I, Sandy Creek I thought was the most talented, and I liked them, and that was my pick to win it all, to win the state championship. But with the momentum that America Sumter is playing with right now, Sandy Creek is going to have their hands full. Josh Lusane has been Outstanding, had 22 points against Upson Lee, had 21 points and 11 rebounds against St. Pius. Trey Brown, equally impressive, over 20 points against Upson Lee, had 19 points against St. Pius. I don't know. I, I just, you know, I, I'm interested to see where can they get that third and fourth scoring from, but Lusane and uh, Brown have been phenomenal for America Sumter. You know, Sandy Creek, they bounced back with a nice 69-43 win over Thompson, so that, that was great to see. T.J. Bickerstaff and company, Julian Alexander, Deshaun Proctor, Jabari Smith, all those guys going to have to play key roles. And, uh, you know, I'll be very interested to see who guards Lusane. Will it be T.J. Bickerstaff who can match him with that size? Can it be Jabari Smith who can match him with that size at six foot eight? I think uh, it's a, a better matchup for Sandy Creek uh, than Upson Lee and St. Pius because outside of Upson Lee, you know, you didn't have a ton of size outside of, uh, you know, Travon Walker. And uh, the same thing with St. Pius. You just you didn't have that size to really affect Josh Lusane. Now you're looking at Sandy Creek who can throw two six eight guys at you. Um, boy, this this one's going to be really good. Uh, I mean, just going based on the results, going based on the past two rounds, I think America Sumter wins this one. But if we're just looking at it matchup-wise, I think Sandy Creek does have enough size that can slow them down and enough guard play. I think this one comes down to defense and toughness. And, uh, oh, man, I don't know, Ramin. I, uh, I, I think America Sumter could be favored in this one. I think they're favored in this one, just considering what they just did in their past two rounds. But again, I don't want to be a, a flip-flopper. I picked Sandy Creek to uh, win the state championship when I started this bracket. I made my bed. I'm going to lie in it. I think Sandy Creek somehow finds a way to beat America Sumter, but I am not at all confident by seeing you know, just how great America Sumter has been. I am not surprised whatsoever if America Sumter wins this one. On the other side of Class 4A, Kyle, it's Woodward Academy versus Carver-Columbus at 8 p.m. <sighs> Carver-Columbus blew out Cardsville, expected 72-47. to 47. And, uh, you know, they're going up against a Woodward team that was able to pull away from Denmark just enough to win 58-50. to 50. And, you know, I, I think uh, a key player in this matchup will be Michael Whitmore. I think he's the key to Woodward's success. I think he's very good. I think he is uh, very quick 
with the ball. He can really push the pace. He's shown the ability to knock down some big shots when needed. And I really like Whitmore defensively. With that being said, Carver Columbus is going to be a different animal. Uh, Woodward was about to be buried. We were about to be riding, um, in, you know, uh, uh, their obituary uh, in the first round when they were down 34 to 17 and Westover was running wild on them. You're going to see the same type of pace and athleticism from Columbus. Woodward has not seen that from Cross Creek. They have not seen that from Denmark. They are going to have their hands full with what Carver Columbus likes to do, especially with A.J. Waltz, who will get in and defend you and put 25 points on your head when need be. Um, this is going to be a tough matchup for Woodward. Again, uh, if they can make it a half-court game, establish Walker Kistler as much as possible and try and just feed him, feed him, feed him, and let him try and eat away at what uh, Carver Columbus has inside. Uh, I think that is their best bet, but it is going to be extremely difficult for that to happen. Uh, Carver is very good. They're athletic, and they're going to get after them. And for that reason, uh, I think Carver Columbus will win this one. I think Corey Turner will have to have a big, big, big game like he did against Westover for Woodward to win. But I like Carver uh, with Devin Flowers. Jalen King and uh, A.J. Watts, uh, I think they're way too fast. I think if they control the tempo, Carver Columbus will win this one going away. We are now ready to take it down to Class 3-8. This is going to be played at what was previously known as Armstrong State University, now Georgia Southern, the Savannah campus. And it's going to be at 4 o'clock from Region 8, Hart County, versus from Region 7, Dawson County. Yes, sir. Actually, they, they moved that one to uh, the 4 o'clock game, Hart versus Dawson. You're right. Um, that was originally scheduled to be the 8 o'clock game, but with Hart County bringing both teams in there, they moved that to the 4 o'clock spot. And this will be a tough one. Um, I was at the Franklin County versus Dawson County game. Dawson County pulled it out 60-58. to 58. They were down double digits early, never led in the first half. Wed got their first lead, I think, midway through the third quarter. Um, Dawson County is very good, uh, but Franklin County uh, showed some, you know, ways to kind of exploit Dawson County likes to do. And let's be honest, let's be honest, Dawson County, Dawson County is a great team. I'm not taking anything away from them. They beat GAC, but the road outside of Franklin County wasn't wasn't the strongest. I mean, they won by 31 against Ringgold. Ringgold not going to have, you know, a lot of athletes up there. It's more of a you know, baseball, football type school. Um, you're looking at Westminster, same thing. Going to have similar, uh, a couple football players here and there that can bring some athleticism, but that's a team that's going to rely on executing their sets. Franklin County, a little bit more athletic. Uh, some quick guards and uh, Malik Combs had a really good game. Titus Brown, uh, Micah Roebuck all gave Dawson County trouble, especially in the first quarter. Uh, Dawson County struggled to stay in front of them, and Hart County is going to be that, but to the nth degree. Uh, Hart County loaded with athletes, whether it be um, Rex McCord, who had a monster game, had 33 points against Johnson Savannah in a 67-63 win, and that game really scared me for Hart County because Johnson was long and could get after you, and they had some athletes, and they had some speed. Amandre Balls pacing the offense. Brandon Harris, 6'6", on the wing. Lamont Sam, 6'8", inside. And Hart County, with their tallest player, Sean Webb, 6'3", they were able to win this game, and they rallied again late. 
Um, so Rex McCord had 33 points, just kept squaring up, getting into the chest of shot blockers and finishing inside a tough athlete. Uh, you're looking at Sean Webb again. The sophomore continues to step up to the occasion. I think he had seven points in the fourth quarter, had 15 in the game, again hitting clutch shots. This kid can play, Ramin. Sean Webb, Spud Sean Webb, put him on your recruitment list. He can really play, and he defends multiple positions. So their quickness is going to give Dawson County some trouble. I don't think Hart County shoots the ball as well as Franklin County. I think Roebuck and Titus Brown are better shooters than what Hart County can really put out there. So for that reason, I think Dawson County feels a little bit better about that matchup. But if I'm looking at a one-on-one matchup, I'm looking at Sean Webb versus Luke Chisholm. Chisholm was huge down the stretch, especially in the second half for Dawson County. 16 points, 12 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, had 5 blocks, including a block that kept the game from being tied late in the fourth quarter. He just had a nose for the ball and was in the right place at the right time every single time. I think Dawson County will have their hands full in this one with the type of pace that Hart County likes to play with. But I think Dawson County, just checking off the resume, when you beat GAC, that means you're a legitimate state championship contender. And I think they will be able to find a way to withstand Hart County. And I think Dawson County advances on to the state championship. Also in Class 3A at 8 o'clock, another Region 8 team, Morgan County, is taking on Windsor Forest. Morgan County, we, uh, we know what they did. 64-54 beat GAC, then 62-52 over Tattnall County. Tattnall gave them a, a hell of a game, but Morgan County was finally able to get enough breathing room and put the game on ice. And they're playing Windsor Forest. The Windsor Forest game pretty much went down to the wire expect, exactly how I expected for me. 55-54. I said I'd give this slight advantage to Cedar Grove because they're at home, but I premise that uh, I said that by, uh, you know, Cedar Grove, they really struggle to score the ball. And Winter Force can score the rock, but that game was played more at Cedar Grove's tempo. Cedar Grove just couldn't make enough baskets. Um, in this matchup, I will be very interested. Windsor Force to officially announce their presence as elite, elite, elite team. Here you go. You got Morgan County, one of the best teams in the entire state of Georgia. Uh, Zim Fields versus Tyron Lawrence. That's a matchup I'm looking at. Can Zim Fields find a way to score at a high clip and rebound? Shamar Norman, he will have to hunt down uh, those outside shots. But I'm looking for who will be that third and fourth option. We know what Morgan County is going to counter with. We already know Tyron Lawrence, Stevan Green, Alec Woodard, uh, Malik Crawford in the mix there. Uh, we already know they got a big four right there that can score. Windsor Force, are you going to get enough offense outside of Norman and Fields? That is a big question. And Morgan County, they've been here before. Windsor Force has not been here before. And I think Morgan County, if they come out focused, I think Morgan County wins this one. But if Windsor Force is able to hang around and gain confidence, it's anyone's ball game. In Class 2A, you prefaced the beginning of this podcast by saying that you were going to be down there at Georgia College, 4 p.m., Elbert County versus Therrell. Boy, oh boy, Ramin, uh, who picked Elbert County to get this far? Uh, I love Elbert County, but I am stunned. And, uh, again, I guess this is why we just go with uh, the pre-tournament uh, uh, you know, championship selection of Farrell. Uh, I tried to change it last podcast to Woodville Tompkins, but 
From everything I heard, Elbert County put on a half-court trap, and Woodville just did not know how to break it consistently. And uh, Elbert, they only play about six or seven guys, but they're athletic. They play very hard. They have some football toughness to them, and they were able to win this game. And you're looking at Jamison Seifor, undersized, you know, forward type. He's a great rebounder. He had 13 points, 11 rebounds, going up against 6'5", Preston Crisp, 6'6", Bernard Pelote. Charleston Willingham, who's not that tall, but is a pit bull. They were able to match that toughness and intensity with James inside for AJ James, my favorite player on that team, 12 points. Ty Hill was able to handle the pressure, 12 points, four rebounds, five assists. Demetrius Fleming, 10 points. And now they get Farrell. And Amin, I'm gonna, I'm gonna quiz you right quick. What is Farrell's biggest weakness? Do you remember, sir? Is it? The guard play. Outside shooting, Ramin. These guys cannot shoot from the outside. But all of a sudden, if the reports are correct, Zyquan Morton had 20 points and hit five threes. Ramin, I've seen Thero play about three or four times this year. This kid never played. He wasn't even listed on the Max Preps roster. He was listed on the roster last year. I don't know what the deal is, where he came from, but if all of a sudden... They got Zyquan Morton, and this guy is stretching the defense and knocking down threes, Ramin. That was the last piece of the puzzle for Thero. And if they really do have a knockdown three-point shooter, here with Robbie Armbrester and Cam Fortson inside, and Rashawn Frederick and Roman Sun running the show, they have all the pieces now. And I, I really don't know where he came from. I don't know if he was buried on the bench or hurt or ineligible or what, or if they reported a wrong name or something. You never know. That could be the, the, the case, but reported, Zyquan Morton had points and hit five threes. I don't think Farrell's hit five threes in a game all season long before, uh, you know, earlier this, you know, last week, I guess it was. Uh, so shocking, shocking, shocking. But that is a huge revelation. Um, the matchup I'm looking for here is Jameson Cypher and A.J. James versus Cam Fortson. And Robbie Armbester in the paint. I think Armbrester versus AJ James is going to be two tough SOBs locking horns. That is going to be a tough matchup inside. Uh, both those guys are going to need ice baths after the game. Uh, but again, I, I have to go with my pick of Farrell. They were my pick uh, heading into the tournament. And if they have a three-point shooter on the roster now all of a sudden, uh, I think that really locks down Thurl. But Elbert County is going to scrap, scrap, scrap till the final buzzer. But I'm going with Thurl just because I think they have more horses and more overall size, and I think they can pound away at Elbert County in the paint. Kyle, the nightcap at Georgia College is going to be Laney versus Vidalia. What do you expect to see there? Defense, Ramin. I expect to see defense. Vidalia has been outstanding. They are allowing 43 points per game this season. Laney, pretty good at just under 53 points per game. Um, Both these teams hooked up in the Final Four last year, and the score was 49-45 Vidalia. Anthony Jones had 13 points. Maurice Page had 13 points. Uh, Page for Laney, Jones for Vidalia. The magic number in this game is 46. That's the most points Vidalia has allowed in the state tournament. Last year to this point, they were allowing 48 points per game. So this is a team, Tommy Daly, they defend defense travels. Um, and just looking back, hey, that 46 is a magic number this year. 
what we say last year's score was 49-45. Laney couldn't hit the 46-point mark. And I know it's last year, and it doesn't really, you know, have a lot to do with this year's magic number, but it's interesting to see how that plays out. I think this will be a low-scoring, gritty, ugly-at-times game, but I like Vidalia, especially after they held South Atlanta to 43 points. 46-43, they go into a hostile environment. They beat Jaquavion Florence. They beat Demetrius Hedsmith. They beat John Lawton. They beat Gary Davis. They beat Rohan Gard. They beat all these guys. Julius Lyman. They beat all these six foot six guys and some outstanding athletes. They hold them to 43 points. They win 46 43 by Dahlia. Impressive. Laney, you know, they played a 13 win team in Callaway, won 63 44 at Augusta. They're not going to have the luxury of that Augusta uh, home court advantage now at Georgia College. I think by Dahlia grinds this one out in a tough ugly matchup i think it's definitely going to be a a close game uh, back and forth in the fourth quarter but i think vidalia with the defense it travels vidalia will make to the state championship that is my prediction we are now down to class a private at the university of north georgia four o'clock saint francis versus mount bethel and two teams that know each other quite well let me read down how they fared out this year, both in Region 6, uh, Bethel's first year after winning back-to-back state championships in the GICAA. Uh, right when we knew they were moving in, I knew it was going to be a, a colossal rivalry, back and forth, back and forth. It did not disappoint. St. Francis won the first matchup 70-68. to Mount Bethel won the second matchup 76-71 in overtime. And in the Region Championship, St. Francis won 64-258. And the key factor in this one, no, you know, no, no doubt about it, and to no surprise, has been Xavier commit Dwan Odom. He is averaging 25 points, just under nine rebounds, and over seven assists per game in three meetings with Mount Bethel. He has shredded them like he has done against everybody this year. Uh, and now, you know, in that region championship, Jace Harrison uh, for Mount Bethel, a floor spacer, a little guard that could shoot the rock. Uh, he did not play, so that is that's that's key. Mount Bethel is getting healthy now. They had some guys dinged up throughout the year. Those guys are healthy, and Mount Bethel has defended at a very high clip so far in the state tournament. They just held Green Force to 48 points and a 52-48 win, and before that, beat Holy Innocent 72 to 53. They held Chance Moore to three points, Garrison Powell to five points. So Mount Bethel is really locking in right now defensively and they're going to have their hands full of chasing around uh, guys like Dwan Odom uh, but CJ Riley he had 25 points in their first meeting that's the guy that you're going to have to keep an eye on uh, keep from getting hot Jordan Brown the freshman has come on strong he's had some very nice games he had 14 points in that region championship and Chase Ellis important as well a uh, uh, double double threat but an uh, unsung guy for St. Francis Jusson Holt about six foot six, he had a double double in their first meeting, thirteen and twelve, and then he had eleven and nine in their overtime loss. Uh, he'll be very key for St. Francis, uh, but how will St. Francis deal with the athleticism and size of Stanley Easy, uh, uh, Jordan Mecca, and then uh, the point guard Coleman Boyd is a big guard as well. He can really run the show. So, uh, gonna be a great game either way. This is gonna be a game decided by probably six points or less, considering how it was two points, five points. And then six points. It's going to be a really good matchup. Um, I, I, I have to lean towards St. Francis. 
Uh, but Mount Bethel has a championship experience. St. Francis has had their heart broken uh, numerous times. But I, I, I've been a believer in St. Francis the entire season. They've been consistently the best team in Class A private dating back to even last year. And I think they find a way to get past Mount Bethel in a great game. In the other half of Class A private, uh, number two seeded Elko versus number six seeded Christian Heritage. Christian Heritage, their first Final Four appearance. Who would have thunk it? Not me, not many people, considering Christian Komen left for Georgia College. They graduated a lot, and they blow North Cobb Christian right out of the water, 70-45. to 45. Uh, And that was a rematch. I mean, those two teams split during the regular season, but the home court advantage, huge for Christian Heritage, and they used it in their favor. Looking at Elka, 59-53 over a tough Riverside military team. Uh, Elka has had a little bit more difficult of a road, I would like to imagine, to get to this point. Um, but that takes nothing away from Christian Heritage, who saw Zach Gentry score 25 points, Harden Chambliss 8 points, 17 rebounds, and A.J. Kent score 14 points. And I know they played completely different schedules. I mean, Elka, their strength of schedule, you know, no doubt about it, much stronger, much, much tougher the North Cobb Christian, uh, or not North Cobb Christian, but Christian Heritage. But you can really throw a lot of that stuff out the window come this time of year. Uh, it really doesn't matter what you did in in, uh, in November and December. It just matters how you're playing right now. And uh, just looking at how these teams stack up, pretty similar. Christian Heritage averaging 63 points and giving up 51 points. Elka scoring you know, just under 65 points and giving up 53 points. So this is a game that should be played in the 50s and 60s. Elka uh, obviously just going to have a lot more quickness at every single position and uh, more athleticism. Guys that are, you know, I guess better recruits at the next level. Trevon Reddish going to College of Charleston. Uh, Kelvin Jones, a really good three-point shooter. Kamari Smith-Felix, UAD, all, all, I mean, all these guys. It goes on and on. Makai Cameron. Uh, but it doesn't really matter to Coach Watkins' team. They, they're not looking at stars. They're looking at what's in front of them on the court. And uh, Christian Heritage will not be afraid. But I think Elka, uh, they have a little bit more firepower. I think they win this one in a close, ugly matchup. I think Christian Heritage lays it all on the line, and they push Elka to the brink. But I think Elka, with all those seniors, and after having a bad taste in their mouth last year, I think they advance on to the state championship. And finally, our eighth classification of boys basketball, A public. These games are going to be played at Valdosta State, 4 o'clock, Calhoun County versus Wilkinson County. Well, Calhoun County, uh, they get the boogeyman. Uh, they get the boogeyman. They get who everyone is afraid of. And I'll, I'll put it this way. If they were playing in the state championship, Calhoun County would have no shot at beating Wilkinson County. I don't know the last time Wilkinson went to a state championship and loss. They don't do that. But if you get Wilkinson County before the state championship, you have a chance. But Wilkinson just always finds ways to win 92 to 84 against Marion County. Calhoun County won 70 to 53 over Pelham. Calhoun County's really, really good. And if there's any team left that can beat Wilkinson County, it would be Calhoun. And I give Calhoun a great chance to win this game um, since it's not the state championship. Um, but you know, Jalen Lamar, Christian Lamar, Jacob Crockett, uh, Raekwon, uh, all these guys, uh, it's just really tough to pick against Wilkinson County. And they were my pick to win the state championship. I'm going to go with them. It's going to be a great game. It's going to be high profile, a lot of firepower. 
Calhoun County has more than enough talent to beat Wilkinson County, but they don't have that championship pedigree. Even though they're 30-0, I think Wilkinson County finds a way. It's just you're, you're crazy. You're a madman to pick against Wilkinson County this late into February and about to be in early March. I just cannot pick against Wilkinson County. At 8 o'clock, finally, at Valdosta State, it's Trutland versus Irwin County. Trutland was able to outlast Hancock Central 78-70. to uh, Irwin got the win over Wilcox County. Uh, there should be some highlights in this one. If Trutland is able to play a fast-tempo game and get this score up, 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 uh, I mean, Irwin County will play them and match them at that same speed, but... I think this could be the year that Trutland finally gets over the hump and finally punches their ticket to a state championship. Uh, Arcavia, Lovett, Cameron Jordan, all those guys, I, I, I think this is a year for Trutland, uh, considering they were able to knock off Hancock Central. Uh, I think this is a year Trutland plays fast, hits shots, and lets their athletes just run wild, and I think they find a way past Irwin County and into the state championship. Kyle, that will cover all 16 games that will be played coming up here in the Final Four. Any final thoughts you want to expound upon before we wrap this up? Uh, I think these games are going to be outstanding matchups. At this point of of the year, no one's going to bat 1,000 as far as picking these games correctly. I'm not a huge fan of picking these games, um, but all I can base this stuff on is – History, what these teams have done as far as throughout the season. Is it a tough region? Have they put a good non-conference schedule, non-region schedule, pardon me? Um, that is what goes into all these predictions. And I really think all these matchups are going to be very good. There's always going to be a stinker here and there. Uh, but great matchups. And if you are going out to the game, please tag me at KyleSandy355 with stats from the game so I can post it on our Final Four recap. But with that, Ramin... We are ready for the Final Four, March 2nd, this Saturday. I will see you in the gym. Yep, if you're going to be over at uh, Georgia College for 2A, you will see Kyle. Otherwise, enjoy the games. Go out and support these athletes. If you want to preview the ladies' Final Four, that is coming out in a separate podcast. should be released fairly close time, so go check that out if you're interested. And until then, on behalf of Kyle, this is Ramin signing off.